So you have to sort of sweep your tonsils for 10 to 15 seconds. Oof. And like, it was quite... It, How do well, you not vomit? Well, <laughs> this is... Right, well, he's so got a lot of practice. <laughs> Kel does her, she's like, that. that is fucking horrible. And then I do mine, but I've got to like see, you've got to sort of see in the mirror to get the right bit. So I'm like, I lean over and I'm looking in the rear view mirror to sort of get get the bit. And so it means I'm like right in Kelly's ear and I sort of start sweeping my tonsils and I just sort of go, <coughs> <laughs> and I'm like, I, I take it out and I'm like, I've got to go back in because I've not swept it for long enough. And she's nearly vomiting just because of the noises I'm making directly in her ear. I was going to say, the noises and the actions you were just making, I'm a semi, I'm a semi chub. <laughs> I did not like it at all. And then um and then she said like if you need to have another test, you've got to go on your own because I can't be in the car with you. That, <laughs> like you were the worst bit of the test. Welcome to another season of the Miles Offside podcast, where we talk a little bit of football and a whole lot of nonsense. My name is Oscar Puente, also known as Footy from Afar, and with me, as always, are my co-hosts, FPL champion Chuck Bailey and super producer Ian Stimson. Boys, we're into the season. Season Let's three. crack a dick nut season three. <laughs> That seemed like a very low key and for you, Oscar. Yeah, I'm, I'm still, you know, it's we're recording way out of time, so it's still early for me. Also, what is time? What are days? Me, yeah, yeah coming now. I can take it back if you want. I'm happy to. No, 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 that's no, fine. I just season opener. You just went and yeah, no, <laughs> this again. Yeah, yeah, I'm not thrilled to be back. Season three. That's the worst season of Lost. So we have a lot of. Uh, we got to keep our quality up. I'm not off to a great start, apparently, with that mediocre hand. How you boys doing? It's been a few weeks. Everybody doing okay? Ian, you've been up to stuff, right? I'm sort of like very, very slowly moving house. And the country of Cyprus is now shut down officially, right? Because you uh, showed up. Clean as a whistle. I had negative negative tests on entry, so I was allowed into Cyprus. I always like a negative test on entry. You it's are, good, yeah. <laughs> it's a good, just a good way to live. Entry um, is negative. But yeah, it was all. It was very lovely. I couldn't believe I managed to have a holiday, but Cyprus was one of the few places that would allow you in. I know. You can't go on holiday when the world is normal, but of course when there's a global pandemic, you're like, it's time yeah. to get insane in the membrane, baby. This this holiday's already been cancelled once. I was absolutely sure it was going to be cancelled again, but we managed yeah. to get there. It's lovely. The, the king of fucking cancelled holidays. Yeah. Thinking of cancelled holidays, it might have transferred to me because I'm meant to be going to Spain in two weeks. That's not <laughs> fucking happening. I hope you've got two weeks quarantine uh, quarantine uh, holiday ready. Woo, let's get some quarantinis. <laughs> I, went, I went on holiday to the parking lot a few weeks ago, so I actually went outside of my apartment, building, apartment and got fresh air, so that was nice. You know, basically Cyprus, same thing, right? Yeah. In a car park, yeah, fresh you know. air, fresh air in a car park. <laughs> it's fresher air than inside my apartment, which I leave less than once a week. <laughs> <laughs> it's all musty, <laughs> fetid, musty smell of Oscar living. <laughs> Gradually peel layers off of your clothes as you awake from your slumber each night. Gross! In this fucking heat wave, it's been extremely, extremely sweaty sleep lately. 
don't know. Poor Emily just comes home from work, and she must just get hit with a wave of smells when she opens the apartment door. Oh, God. Yeah. Okay. Um, so shall we talk some football? I guess? Football! Some soccer? Please, if we could. Yeah. When, did football, when did football end? Football ended, and then it started again in the space of three days, right? Champions yeah, League final. two weeks then- between... The Champions League final and the Community Shield, right? It was like one weekend off. In between that, there was like Europa League or Champions League yeah. qualifiers. Yeah, Wolves were still playing, obviously. <laughs> yeah, Wolves are playing probably right now. I don't know. They're just always playing. All right. Well, we will be bringing you guys our famous question mark season preview episode. So we're going to be breaking down all the goings on of the big six, quote unquote, plus Palace. We are not going to be talking about promoted teams or mid-table or relegation fodder teams because frankly we don't really know that much about them and we don't have you, time you for don't two really preview know that episodes mu- you don't know that much about them <laughs> all right fuck's sake chuck do you want to do you want to take the lead the discussion on leads and tell the people what sort of tactics they have were brighton in the premier league last year was a genuine question you asked <laughs> but a week ago they are forgettable to be They're fair really like fourth season <laughs> it's hard to remember who goes up and down all those fucking yo-yo teams are stoked in it right now i don't know don't, West don't are back, fulfill I the american stereotype of not understanding promotion and relegation for i fun. understand promotion and relegation i don't bother to remember the names of the teams that go up and down all the time I think West Brom's back though, right? So now we have two Wests, which is we just lost the W team. We gained a W team. <laughs> yeah. All is right with the world. The West quantities doubled. It's, it's Leeds too much. Are back where they belong. Whatever <laughs> fucking In that means. Marks. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then Fulham are getting relegated again. That's that's incredibly likely. Yes. <laughs> but we're not going to talk about that. We're just going to talk about the big famous teams because that's all really people want to hear about for the most part, at least from us. Uh, and we'll start things off with Crystal Palace, right? Because that is, uh, we're going to run backwards up the table. So I'll throw some basic stats and information at you guys. Hang on, shouldn't it be Arsenal first? Oh, sorry. Last year's table. Last year's table. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> yep. So I'll throw some numbers at you guys. And then Chuck, you can just talk for 20 minutes about Palace and we'll move no. on. <laughs> <laughs> so last year, Palace finished 14th place, but they finished on 17th. <laughs> yes, four, 14, that lucky number, of course. My lucky number, uh, famously. 14th place, 17th, unexpected. They finished five points above that expectation, um, but they underperformed their XG by th- four-ish goals, and they overperformed their XGA, or their defense, by seven goals. Um, transfers in include Nathan Ferguson and Eberechi Easy. Is that right, Chuck? Eberechi Eze. Eberechi Eze, okay. Bottled that. And then transfers out is someone named Lokilo, who I've never heard of. And that's it. Chuck, how are you feeling about your palace season? It's the time of year where hope sets in and and hope does is what destroys everything. What do you mean does it? So we <laughs> because we haven't played for a while, so we oh, haven't right, had the I disappointment. So this was like during <laughs> lockdown where everything was great and then we came back and we got like four points afterwards. Awful. Yeah. I mean we beat Bournemouth, so that was alright. They got relegated. Back of the net. Um <laughs> Buckaroo. We, we had it was the seventies. We had the oldest Premier League team last year, and I think genuinely on one occasion posted the oldest average age that has ever been played in the Premier League. Bear in mind, in the nineties, everyone was like forty years old. Um, <laughs> signing Nathan Ferguson, who we've been linked with for a little while, um, got a decent deal off of West Brom uh, after we were meant to buy him in January for about ten million. We put that off. Because he had an injury, and then we ended up paying about four million for him. So that's good. Eze as well, we've been linked with for a while. 
Uh, apparently, there's a player, Connor Gallagher, who is one of the Chelsea Lone Army, yep. who is currently mm-hmm. in the England under-21 uh, situation. And he's just lengthened his contract with Chelsea and has had a medical with us. So he's looking to come in. Nice. Uh, very good. You guys very have good. a good history of Chelsea Lonees too. Uh, apart from Bamford and Loic Remy, yes. Sure. Ruben, Loft- yeah. Ruben Loftus-Cheek and Michi Batshuayi, like I'll take that. But Remy yeah. and Bamford, no. Um <laughs> So yeah, so he's looking to come in. Uh, there's a couple of other, all basically young players uh, and that kind of thing. And it's been kind of a clear target, as we all joked about last year, that that young blood needs to come in and as well then push the competition for places because there is no competition for places. There is no change in uh, lineup in terms of tactical uh, ideologies put in. It is very dogmatic and, and just rigid. The same and same and same again. So to be bringing in these actual competitive places and need to play them uh, is kind of the key thing here. But it's so it's looking a bit brighter, a little bit better, a bit more creative, something that makes the team less one dimensional. If Zaha stays, great. If he doesn't stay, so what? It's like to dumb it down a lot. It's comparatively, it's like Messi at Barcelona, right? At some point, you have to get rid. You have to lose him, no matter what. The imp- there is going to be impact there. So it's at what point do you take that hit to mitigate it and build again? Wait, what do you um, mean, Messi at Barcelona? Oh well, Messi, Messi not at Barcelona. Are we just not talking about that? I mean, I thought we were starting with red and blue teams because we'll comparatively we'll they are the same. <laughs> I'm trying to save that for later. Spoiler alert: When we discuss Man City, he will get there. If you, yeah, <laughs> if you haven't seen the. Uh, something called the news um <laughs> but no i i it's you're a bit more chipper than i thought you were gonna be yeah are you guys gonna be living on easy street with the new signing or like what's very the good deal? easy like sunday morning um <laughs> easy love my voice is gone i'm dying I've got a cold. <laughs> it's early afternoon we don't usually record this, this i know time. don't I worry about do it so dying i just did a bank holiday weekend ah fuck you rishi sunak um <laughs> It's a big fork in the road right now. It could go either way, I think. A lot of people are, and the Predictor League shows this, are uh, writing off Palace. And Mm. a few people, Oscar, um, one of you other pricks as well. (laughs) Can't remember who it is. You haven't seen mine yet as well. Yeah, I know. You haven't even submitted it. Um, Have put Palace to get relegated. Mm. Um, and I can I can see the logic because especially recently after lockdown we were absolutely fucking turgid but we had nothing to play for there was no impetus for anything That's Hodgson, true. Hodgson has extended his contract but I really think in terms of future like he's only been given one year he's right. not he's not the future of the club Eddie Howe is yeah are they oh god no um, <laughs> are, are we looking at getting a different manager in someone who can uh, embrace these younger players and bring it in uh, a new kind of era or is it just too little kind of too late and does the whole thing kind of start to crumble down so it's more out of intrigue right now I'm kind of I'm not letting myself get too carried away because I genuinely don't know what's going to happen in either position mm. like on our day we still have the potential to to get those European places there's there's no reason why not we can go toe-to-toe we've shown in the past we can go toe-to-toe with any team in the league but we've also shown that we can just lose and be absolutely null and void against any team in the league. So we shall see. We shall see what happens in the next 11 days. And then we play Southampton and Danny Ings will probably score two. And I'll hate <laughs> Yeah, I'll hate life. Well, I, I can take the counterpoint and sort of defend my Palace getting relegated pick in the Predictor League. But I want to hear from Ian first. Ian, how are you feeling about Palace as of right now? 
until until Chuck sort of said that after lockdown they had nothing to play for, which I'd sort of forgotten about. To be fair, he's he's right. They'd they'd already got to a points total that meant they weren't going to get relegated. But they were so bad. They were so bad. So boring to watch as well. It was painful. And <laughs> I don't see the Zaha thing going in Palace's way. I, th- I mean, it, we, we were talking on the WhatsApp group, uh, Chuck, about it. And the only thing I can see happening is that Palace get less money than they wanted to for, for Zaha mm. because of the whole coronavirus thing. I Either that or they keep a player that's not really happy and he might not he might be fully checked out i don't know i mean you've, you've got a what you've got three years left on his contract they've still got three seasons like th- three full seasons so it's it's not even like it's the the kind of time where he could just say well i'm not playing anymore because yes yeah, fair enough you, i mean that's know, that's a positive but i just i i think he's going to end up going and i don't think you're going to get as much money as you could have got uh this new signing looks really good but and uh, Ferguson, great. I mean, you desperately needed so I mean, who plays in this position without Joel, Joel Ward? Ward? Terrible. Oof. I mean, uh, no, no, no. He's been he's been a good. He's he's been yeah. at the club a long time and been very great. But yeah, a good he's servant, not. Let's say he's a good servant and he can deputise at that position. But the position should not be his. You know what yeah. I mean? It's like okay. if there's an injury and he's the kind of player to come in, you'll be happy because he's serviceable. But is okay. he going to set everyone's world on fire? No. Doesn't get forward in that sort of modern fullback way, though. No, it's, definitely it, not. You know, it, I, I'm, I really don't want to be negative, but I, I don't You're see. Gonna <laughs> I just don't see a lot of hope for Palace this. this I know you season. haven't submitted your predictor league, but are you as of now? Where do you have them? I have them getting relegated. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think I even had them as low as nineteenth. Oh, you. Woof. <laughs> Yikes! I just I, I I was so uninspired after lockdown, and I think it's I just don't, I think it's looking really bad for them. I think they could be the sort of established Premier League team that goes down. Yeah, I, there's always one. You know, yeah, I feel like Leeds are going to be all right. I think even Fulham might be okay. Ooh, I don't know about that. I think the other team that might be okay is West Brom. Fulham's numbers are very fucking bad. Yeah. I mean, we've we've mentioned it a few times, and for those that don't know, um, we are and we will be running it again. Is the the predictor league where any of you, anyone that's listening, can DM us or uh, either at the pod or individually, literally with just where you think each team is going to finish in the league from one to twenty. Um, at the minute, Ian hasn't submitted, but we've had uh, mine and Oscar's and five Patreons of the pod, and no one has Fulham staying up. Oh, okay. okay. But then also, no one had Sheffield United staying up last year. Apart from yours truly, who... Uh... You, yeah, but you've forgotten about the, nine, the 20th team, basically, and had a gap left. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, 19 teams, who's missing? Oh, Sheffield, stick them in the middle somewhere. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Split the difference. No, I, we talked about Sheffield last year. I really like their tactical system, and I think similarly, Leeds is in a position to, I wouldn't be surprised, get a mid-table finish, but... Not really particularly talking about them. To go back to Palace and build off of what Ian was saying, um, Chuck, as much as, you know, we talked about this in the group chat and you were a little kind of angry, I think, for good reasons, but... I thought my I, bit was as over. Much as I, I thought my bit was over and this is just, I'm getting piled on now. Why are we moving on to the next fucking team? Yeah, give it a second. Um, as much as I like Palace and want them to do well, because genuinely I do feel affection for your club because of you specifically, Chuck. 
Um, the numbers do not like them. And it's not just post-lockdown. Like, they finished 17th Unexpected for good numbers reasons. Are pretty, yeah, well, that's still, that's still not getting relegated, is it? That's true. <laughs> um, and they overperformed by seven goals on XGA. So, you know, getting an attacker is not going to help that situation. Uh, Nathan Ferguson is a defender, so maybe he will. I'm not entirely sure. But seven goals is a lot of difference to make up. If you if you don't have attacking outlets or anything, you don't have anything to take relief off of the defense. That's true. So I think the key for you guys is going to be if Zaha stays or not. And Ian kind of hinted at this. If Zaha stays, now you have two creative players with a- Eze. Is that what you said? Yeah. Eze coming in. Um, so when you have that much, like you're right, that does give an outlet. And so that would be a game changer in terms of what you guys can do on the pitch. But if Zaha leaves, and I, and I do think that's probably the more likely thing then you're losing Zaha, but you're getting Eze. So that doesn't really make a difference. And I think you guys have been pretty lucky not to go down recently. It was you guys or Newcastle who were like very lucky to escape last year. I'm pretty sure Newcastle expected to finish 20th last year. Yeah, they did. Yeah, 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 yeah. We, we so, all had them uh, getting relegated, I think. But I, I just, I really worry about your underlying numbers. You're one year older. Two signings isn't going to help the average age that much. Also, bringing down the average when you're talking about like a kid. I mean, he's 19, is he? Nathan Ferguson? Nathan Ferguson's 19 yeah, or 20. So kids and old people. I mean, yeah, then the, the, your average yeah. might put you in the middle, but is it a good thing? I don't know. Just, yeah. So I don't know. Yeah. I just, I'm just going off the numbers. I think they were lucky to stay up last year. Yeah. And I don't think that they're looking any better, particularly. Hopefully that signing works out for you guys. But yeah, I don't know. That's kind of why I have them down there, as much as it hurts me to say that. Cool. Well, fuck you guys. We take no pleasure from it. We take no pleasure from it. That's what we're trying to say. Right, yeah, we'll yeah. tell your fucking faces. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, let's move on to another disappointing London team that wears red in their jersey, and that is Arsenal Football Club. Arsenal throwing out some numbers before we get into the conversation. Last year finished eighth, but ninth unexpected. They finished six points above their expected points. Um, and they, that largely came from overperforming on XG plus five. They've kind of always done that. That's what happens when you have a great striker like Aubameyang. And they were nine worse on XGA. I believe we call that the David Luiz effect. Correct. Um, the Mustafi effect. Yeah, there's there's a lot of players that you could. <laughs> the Arsenal effect. Yeah, the Arsenal effect is uh is uh underperforming defensively. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, so transfers in. They got Willian. Uh, a decrepit old retired William off of Chelsea. <laughs> oh, hello. Oh. He's changed his tune. I knew that. No, he was good. He was really good at the end of last season, but it's been a few years since William was, you know, the William of old. Mm. Um, they also got Cedric. Remember him? Yeah. And, uh, and Mari, a center back who I think is actually going to be a pretty good signing for them. And on the way out was Mikatarian, who remember him. I thought he'd already gone. Uh, technically, officially, no. They oh. made money off him this summer, so. Arsenal made money off a player. <laughs> yeah, you lie. Um, maybe he might be on loan. I'm not entirely sure. So Arsenal, are they going to finish any better than they did last year? Or are we still having them mid table? Did you mention Saliba? Is that how you pronounce it? Yeah, the defender uh, they got in William Saliba. But I think he yeah, from Saint Etienne. I think they signed oh. him last year and loaned him straight out. Question mark for a year? Oh, maybe he wasn't on the list of transfers, so that's why I didn't write him down. Okay, um, I've got him down as a 27 million pound transfer in. Because he might he he might shore them up a little bit. There's, it's a small sample size at Saint Etienne, but he uh, really improved their like clean sheets and XGA and stuff. This is the only bit of stats you'll get from me. Mm-hmm. But it was just because <laughs> it was just because it came up on uh, something I was uh, reading on Talk Sport, and 
Yeah, he he, he might short, especially if they can play him instead of Louise. <laughs> that Maybe might be a uh, good so. That's thing. three sizable defensive signings they've made this summer. So they're clearly targeting mm. that. Uh, defensive. Are we sorry? Are we saying Cedric Suarez is sizable? He is a name that people might recognize. I don't know. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like always, always a good barometer of footballing talent. They're trying stuff. They're trying stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and maybe uh, okay. it'll work. Okay. Yeah. I'm. I'm down with that. Arsenal this yeah. year are trying things. <laughs> well, they got to do something. I mean, it's a terrible. They should just for play them. two. They should play two goalkeepers. Both their goalkeepers are amazing. <laughs> Yeah, I know. Can we have one, please, Arsenal? Yeah. We gave you William, like, for sake. Um, do we think they're going to finish any higher? They were eighth. They finished ninth unexpected. They made those defensive signings. But, like, is it enough? Are they going to be challenging for top four? No. Or are they just in the Europa League places, if even that? Yes. They've already... I mean, if you count it as a trophy, uh, and if you count it as this season, you know, they won the Community Shield. That's true. They won the FA Cup last year. I should say that was really, really frustrating. Oh, so they did the them. double then last year. Well-known double. Arsenal yeah. did the double. Because I count... I don't know about you, but here's the thing. Hmm. Community Shield, I don't count it as the first game of the season. I count yeah, it yeah. as the last yeah. game of the season. Yeah, it shouldn't be the opener of the new season. It, yeah, absolutely. It's the winners of last year's league and the winners of last year's FA Cup. And to be honest, they probably won the Emirates Cup in a pre-season match. So that means... <laughs> Arsenal, match Arsenal, against, against their own under-21s. Yeah, Arsenal did the treble last year. So that's pretty good... <laughs> I just looked up Saliba, and you're right. Yeah, they signed him last year, but they loaned him back. You're welcome. Good knowledge. Knowledge. Thanks, guys. Um, I've got him at sixth. Sixth. Yeah. Behind Tottenham. No. We'll get to Tottenham in a sec. They're next. <laughs> okay. Okay. I have Arsenal at pulling up my predictor league ninth. So worse than last ninth. year. Well, there's just better teams. There's just a bunch of better teams. Like that many better teams. I I, I feel like Arteta's doing decent work. I mean, I don't think they're going to set the world alight, but I've got them at fifth. You're crazy. You think they're better than Wolves and Leicester? I think they might be. I think Wolves haven't done any business and they've lost Doherty. Um, Leicester were terrible after lockdown, I think. And again, they've, they've done nothing other than lose uh, Chilwell. I, I, whereas Arsenal feel like they've got a bit of ascendancy about them. Interesting. Okay, so so you're a little brighter on them, but you still don't think they'll make top four? I think they'll be significantly behind Man United, who I've got in fourth. So, yeah. Okay. That's that's fairly consistent at Man United fourth. But I, I have Arsenal as improving. I, I do have Wolves and Leicester dropping off a bit, but I think Leicester drop off more than Wolves. That's probably fair. I think Chilwell's a big loss for them. And I think Vardy was lucky to get the numbers that he did last year at his age, and I don't think he can repeat that, probably. Um, okay, so that's Arsenal. Let's move on to Spurs then. Kind of similar boat. Um, used to be a huge London team, having a rough couple of years. Uh, just to throw their numbers out, last year they finished 6th, but they were 12th unexpected. <laughs> 10 points above their expectation. Um, they overperformed XG by 12 goals, and they overperformed XGA by 7 goals. So a combined 19-goal difference swing. Um, transfers in, Doherty, as you guys mentioned, also Hoiberg and Joe Hart. Joe Hart, <laughs> clinging on to a Premier League team. I'm leaving Man City because I don't want to play second fiddle to someone. I want to go to a team where I can be a part of, oh, he goes to Burnley. Oh, he's third choice. Oh, yeah. he's now third, third choice yeah. at Tottenham. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and, you know, I already hear... I like Joe Hart. Um, <laughs> Patreon Jeff Despite Better. what I just said then. Just in general, I, re- I really do like him. Never met him. I'm sure he's a nice guy. He, he's ju- he just had, like... He basically had 
the same thing happened as like Kepa in that his confidence just got completely destroyed by something, except he was just more successful before. So yeah. it seems like a worse fall because he was like a Premier League winner and a fantastic goalkeeper for a very good few years. And yeah, now not so much. <laughs> Poor Joe Hart. I don't, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Kepa was never good. Joe Hart may or may not have been good at least for a season <laughs> there, but... Uh, back to Spurs, though. Um, I already hear Jeff Petter being like, oh, well, those numbers include Pochettino's time at the club, um, to which I say even post-Mourinho, they were 11th unexpected and they overperformed by eight goals, both offensively and defensively. So same thing as pre. Um, and Matt Doherty is a good signing, but he's peak age. He's in the last year of his prime, if you look at yes, the... It, you're right, but it's still incredibly cheap. They've got an absolute steal there. I mean, I, I get exactly what you're saying about long term or whatever, but you know, it's just just side issue. It's just an absolute steal. I don't it's know a what's good one on year signing, but for the contract they gave him, I don't know that it's necessarily the best use of their funds. Fair enough. Yeah. Over that long of a window, but he will help them next year. Um, so I guess my question to you guys is: approximately, where do you think is it going to be like Arsenal, where they might be around the Europa League spots, or do we think that they've done enough with Doherty and Hoiberg and, of course, the mighty Joe Hart to go back up to pushing for the Champions League spots? No, I've got Tottenham in eighth. Fuck them. It was the documentary that did it for me. The fact that it's all oh, been edited. Yeah, that's right. And apparently the Pochettino time at Tottenham is about the first 20 minutes of the first 20 episode minutes and that's yep. it. Done. Um, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, barely, barely a thing. Yeah. Where's, where are the affairs? Where's the fights? Where's... Yeah. <laughs> I know. I was so excited to see all that behind the scenes stuff. Jan Vertonghen's black eye. Like, I what? don't care about a Spurs wank fest. I don't care. I don't want to see that. No one watched Tiger King to learn about the mating habits of a fucking tiger. You know what I mean? They did it <laughs> to watch a crazy guy bribe people with meth and ha- watch someone get like accidentally shoot themselves in the face, right? It's morbid. It's morbid obsession with depraved things. And that's what we wanted from Tottenham All or Nothing. And we're not getting it, guys. We didn't get it. I'm not happy. I've cancelled in my Amazon subscription. Fuck Jeff Bezos. Yeah, I'm three episodes into that, and it's very much the Jose show at the minute. And uh, I've only just seen them uh, when they lost to Chelsea. So yeah, the 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 drop in Tottenham form is only just coming. Um, so I'm I'm hoping it's going to be a bit better because at the minute it just looks like a bit of a bit of a puff piece for Jose Mourinho. What is interesting about it is, it, especially when a, a manager goes into a club like mid-season, like he did, it does sort of show. I think even someone as charismatic as Jose. Like, the early interactions with players are a little bit sort of stilted and stuff. And you do sort of think, actually, going in mid-season must be incredibly hard, no matter who you are, to sort of get the rapport going with the players and know... I mean, obviously, we all know Premier League players and who we like and who we don't like, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, to get yourself straight in there and have to come up with tactical ways to win matches and stuff with players you don't know, in the early episodes... Like slightly misjudges how he deals with Deli Ali a little bit. Like there's a meeting with him and uh, Ali, and he's going like, "Oh, you've got potential, and uh, you've got potential to be world class, but I don't want you to have any regrets," sort of thing. And Ali looks like he's in the head teacher's office, just going, 
yeah, yeah, shut the fuck up and let me go. <laughs> like, he really looks like... I mean, I don't know if that's true. Maybe if I watch, because I've only seen the three episodes, like, it might turn out different. But it, it looks like Mourinho's just calling him lazy in training. And it's just like, oh, I'm not sure you've sort of judged this properly. But it does just show, I think, how hard it is to go, no matter who you are, in mid-season and try and instantly have a rapport with players mm. you don't know. I mean, also how hard it is to be Jose Mourinho and have a rapport with anyone. <laughs> he comes across very well in these first three episodes. I heard I mean, he didn't really censor yeah. himself around the cameras either, which is probably nice. I mean, I'll watch it because I would love to see a Jose Mourinho puff piece. I just want to see how he is as a manager. Like, I like him. I don't, I'm, yeah. I've never like hid that on any level. So, no. but it is really disappointing because I wanted to see some fights. I wanted to see some affairs. I wanted to see some crazy <laughs> shit, and instead. You know. Yeah, at the minute it's interesting and not amazing. And when we heard there was going to be an Amazon, you know, warts and all documentary this season on Tottenham, like I say, at the minute we're still in the sort of Jose doing well at the start period. Maybe that will be, maybe it'll be better. Other people will have seen it all. I've only seen three episodes, but at the minute it's just interesting and not amazing. Just a bit disappointing. So, bold well for Spurs that we spent 10 minutes talking about the Jose Mourinho documentary instead of how well they'll do this season. (laughs) I mean, look, I've got them at sixth. And like I said, I think there's a big drop off from the top four to your Arsenal's, Tottenham's, Leicester Wolves. I think they'll all be quite tight, but I've got them sixth. I agree. I have Tottenham at seventh. So we have them between sixth, seventh and eighth between the three of us. So that's kind of about the right spot. Um, Cool. So let's move on then to the actual good team in London, the only good team in London, and that is... The one, the only, the evil empire. You're damn fucking straight. We're right back in it. That is Chelsea Football Club. Last year, we finished fourth, which was pretty good considering Lampard's first season and no transfers. Let me just Chuck, get go a ahead, take your Let break. I'm going to have a solid. Yep. I'm just going to get a little blanket here, mate. I'm just going <laughs> to get comfy. Get um, comfy. Where's, where's my wine? I'm just going to enjoy this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we finished fourth, third unexpected. Uh, we underperformed seven goals on XG, uh, which happens when you have a young squad. That happens. That's not that unexpected. And we underperformed by 13 goals on XGA. I believe we call that the Keppa effect, uh, which combined for us to be seven points off of Delete our... Delete level keepering. <laughs> Delete level. Yeah. Oh, God. He's so bad. He's so bad. He should be playing today in the FA Cup round one as opposed to, you know, for Chelsea Football Club. But obviously the big story with Chelsea, though, is the summer transfers. The big window, we have so far signed Ziyech, Werner, Chilwell, Ismailia Sar, who we got off of Barcelona was really in for him, I heard, and Thiago Silva. We also, by the time this recording comes out, will probably have signed Havertz and maybe Declan Rice, if that's still on. I've heard conflicting things yeah. there. <laughs> um, not happy with that last one, Chuck. Yeah, oh, it, nice. It's a mixed bag on the transfers for sure. In terms of transfers out, was Willian and the big one that made us all the money is Morata. We actually got more money for Morata than we spent on Timo Werner, which is how the hell nice. did you manage that? Is it fifty million? Yeah, fifty million. Wow. Yeah. I mean, he's a good player. Don't get me wrong, but the the fact that you managed he was very hot and cold for you, and then you managed one, to get yeah. more money than you. That's insanely good business absolutely insane because the team that bought him could have bought Timo Werner I mean I guess he wouldn't have agreed to go there so like that's part of it but yeah <laughs> anyway so our our like uh Marina Grabstuskovska I don't know how to pronounce her last name it's some real Russian thing she does all the negotiations she's fucking amazing Clearly. Chuck you sent me something that said that we've had the most 
incoming transfer money for the last four season summers in a row, right? So that, you know, everybody's like, oh, oh, evil empire. Chelsea's just buying a title. How do they have all this money? It's like, no, we, we've been selling players for a long time. Like, we just make a lot of money. And Murata's a perfect example of that. And it was Hazard as well. How much did you actually sell Hazard for? Um, <laughs> I believe we, we talked about this at the end of last season, but with all the add-ons and stuff, with the fact that they won La Liga and then all the Chelsea fans voted online so that he would get Real Madrid Player <laughs> of the Year. Um, we got like an extra 40 million out of that or something, uh, amazing. which was, it was already like a hundred or so. I don't remember the exact number, but it, it was a fucking in wages because he was the highest earner mm-hmm. as well. So it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, I mean, that's, that's the thing. Like we're getting killed on wages. Probably Tiago Silva coming in for quote unquote free. Free. But yeah. He allegedly, he took a 200,000 a week pay cut from his PSG salary to come to Chelsea for one year, but PSG weren't going to give him that salary on his right. next contract anyway. But you know, yeah. I'll, I'll obviously, we can come back to my thoughts on this, but I want to hear where you guys are at for Chelsea next season. I mean, without doubt, you've done the best business so far by a country mile. Yeah, you can't, you, no one can deny that. Yeah, you, you've got, I mean, so as for places, I might as well just get straight into it. As for places, I've got you one better than last year, but it's only because you've got some, some new signings. If they all hit the ground running... And uh, Pulisic can stay fit, which I don't think is necessarily in question. I don't think it's a big question mark about his fitness, but just he had a few, you know, few knocks last season, didn't he? Um, if they can hit the ground running, uh, Werner, Ziyech, and and Silver, how much are you going to use Silver? Do you think? Um, here's my thoughts on the Silver signing. I'm extremely skeptical of it, but I think when you it's not thirteen goals is not entirely on Kepa. We our defenders made a lot of really bad mistakes. Yeah. And that happens when they're all under the age of 24. Mm-hmm. Like, especially for defenders, that's really young in defender years. Um, Silva's like 39 or something fucking... Not actually, I think he's 36 by the time the season starts. So I don't know how good he's going to be as a player, but certainly as an organizer of the defense, as a veteran level head who sees things before they start happening, I think that's more what we were looking at in terms of bringing him in. And I think that's definitely something that our defense needs is someone who, like, organizes it because fucking Kepa's not doing it. And, like... Yeah. We haven't really had a good person to sort of corral all the other defenders since JT. So I think hopefully that's the best case scenario in terms of that. But he is really old. So we'll see. Okay. So I've got you at third. And I think it's very possible you get second, depending on how your uh, new players uh, hit the ground. I think Werner is very possible just immediately can settle in he yeah he he, scored four minutes into his debut the other day and his his numbers in the bundesliga which is not a shit league you know are very good i don't think he's gonna have too much of a problem so if all of your signings hit the ground running i think if and and liverpool who haven't done any improvements to their squad uh continue playing like they did and i don't think they will because obviously the the post lockdown thing was because they'd already won the title mostly but you know, it doesn't take much, I don't think, for you to get second. I've currently got you at third, but I don't think it takes much at all for you to get second. No, I just think that's the kind of... The swing that's necessary there is huge. You think the swing required for them to get in second? Yeah, think? I think I think yeah, a lot okay. has to go right in in a lot of ways for Chelsea. We spoke about it last year, and I, I think I, I, I agree that even if other teams improve now, um, apart from if Man City sign Lionel Messi... Um, no one's had a better window than Chelsea specifically as well because the players have been there for longer as well. 
So, you know, you've got all this built mm-hmm. up and it's just add, 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 add. The concern comes from is what kind of disharmony that then causes with the squad and everything that was built last year, right? Because it does seem very much about a, yay, we gave Frank a chance and look, we had all these kids and coming in and it's, yeah, hashtag good times party vibes and all this kind of thing. Bring the beers, as you would say, Oscar. Now it's like, yeah, that's done now. Yeah, I don't think Tammy no, is going to break like, into the lineup now this year. Pressure. This is okay, Lampard, you're in now. You had that lovely year. You had your freebie pass. We're now spending all this money. you got to fucking deliver now. And so I th- it's then how does the pressure affect what actually happens at Chelsea? Does it become, does it still stay as carefree and, and more concentrating on, okay, yeah, well, we might concede three, but we're going to score four. Or does the defensive pressure have to <laughs> have to come into it that it's like extra delivering of results? You know what yeah. I mean? I think Thiago's... That's interesting. I hadn't thought about the pressure on, on Frank and that, yeah, that now they've spent money, there's going to be expectation yeah. that's an absolutely fair point yeah oh absolutely if we don't get a trophy this year i'm going to be angry like whether that's a title an fa cup a, or at least a deep run in the and, then, and then that's the trade-off isn't it that it's like that's how things change in the space of a year and the difference you had is you, you had mount you had abraham um you had callum hudson odoi you had all these players that we're finally getting their chance after all this time. We're like, yes, oh, and, and playing with the shackles off, especially early in the season when Chelsea did have that transfer ban and they could enjoy their football. But now, once the transfer ban got lifted, we noticed a dip in some of the form of the players towards the end of the year. Now it's looking like they're getting replaced. What does that do? And I, th- I think the Thiago Silva one, I think it's definitely a good signing because the amount a club like Chelsea would pay on wages anyway... It's probably quite high. I mean, you, you look at like the Callum Hudson-Odoi one to get him to stay. They put him from, what, 30 to 150k a week? Something like that. Right, which is, I think, exactly what Thiago Silva is on. So what you get out of 150k a week with no transfer fee, probably loads of bonuses, etc., but that's going to be performance-based in terms of his experience and coaching and help to development to develop the defensive side, which maybe Frank isn't as good at marshalling at the moment as he finds his feet with with his managerial style and how to implement it. I think that's actually a really, really good signing. Whether or not, and and he'll get picked on it, like he will make high-profile mistake. I think he's exactly the kind of player that in the Premier League against the fast winger might just have like a ball taken off him and he concedes from it. But that doesn't mean that overall the impact of his signing isn't a good thing. Um, but... Yeah, my mm-hmm. concern is just that with the pressure now on way, way more, do Chelsea still perform to that same level? Do all of these players come in at the same time? Um, are they balanced, rotated still within the team? Um, or do Chelsea just try and go for cups or, or concentrate more on the Champions League or, or something like that? But I think it's really interesting. I think it's still going to be fun in its own way, whether Chelsea perform well or Oscar just gets to rant each week. I'm fine. I'm fine with it. But uh, yeah. I, I, I look forward to it. And yeah. we, were, we were really up on them anyway, regardless of like your influence, Oscar. Um, but I, I think it's a lot to think that Liverpool drop off enough okay. and Chelsea improve as much, even if you look at your expecting numbers. Perfect. So no, you're going to build up. I'm so glad that that's the last sentence you said, because now I can jump in. I think you guys are, are talking about the exact correct things. I think that it's going to be a huge issue for Frank to be able to organize that attack because I I have the I got a code for the FIFA 21 beta because I just play way too much FIFA. And so I was sitting there like for an hour this morning 
trying to get all of those guys to fit because I moved Havertz to the team, trying to get them all to fit in a lineup and formation. And I was like, this is really fucking hard. And FIFA is typically the same thing as the Premier League. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. No. So I think one of the key things is going to be Conte. If Conte can have one last peak year, because last year he missed half the season from injury and he's getting older. So did that injury affect him significantly? Like, is he no longer one of the best midfielders in the world? Or was that a one-off and he still has a couple of years of peak in him? We'll see. Um, I think that's going to be huge because as much as we are amazing in attack going forward, um, and I do think that like when you when you finish seven goals off of your XG and then you bring in a bunch of guys who are really good at finishing, like that's not a coincidence, right? Tammy, especially last year, put up elite underlying numbers but did not have the finishing. And so you bring in Werner, who is like already established – I think Werner is immediately going to be, and I do not think this is hyperbole, the best striker in the Premier League, full stop, unless Lionel Messi comes in, (laughs) obviously. Um, He was the second best striker in the Bundesliga behind Lewandowski, who everyone says should be winning the Ballon d'Or if there was a Ballon d'Or. Lewandowski scored like four more goals than loads of teams last year. I think Palace. I think him on his own. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he scored more. (laughs) Anyway, probably... (laughs) So I think that's right. I think getting them to all mesh and figuring out who the best 11 is or do we just use a lot of rotation because the fixtures are going to be crazy congested this season. There's basically three different times that look like the holiday festive period in terms of how crowded things are. That's the key. But I think in terms of what you guys said, in terms of making the jump to Liverpool, I think a lot of people had us the closest sort of comparable team was Man United last year. But Man United, we finished four expected points above them. Again, expected, right? And 10 more XG, which is a huge, huge number. And that's without all the offensive signings we made this summer. I think the team that we were closest to in terms of the underlying numbers was Liverpool already. I think we we were less than one expected points off Liverpool. It was 0.75 expected points. We were plus one XG, so we already had underlying numbers-wise a better attack than them. And again, that's before all these signings. And we were only minus one XGA compared to them. So, like, we were almost exactly in terms of the underlying numbers. Liverpool, like you guys said, they sold the league up really early. So, obviously, those numbers, you have to take them with a huge grain of salt. Um, But I don't think that the gap to Liverpool is as big as people think it is. I think we are much closer to Liverpool already, again, pre all these signings, than we were to Man United. And so I do have them at second, and I do think that that is... A very, very real possibility. I think City are still going to be the best team in England, as they have been for the past, like, four years. Um, But I do think that with all the signings we made, we are the second best team now. Probably. We'll see how, you know, you never know how long it takes to match. But I'm feeling very, very good going into this season. It has been delightful. Absolutely delightful to see Spurs fans, Arsenal fans, Man United fans talking so much shit about us on Twitter. Being like, oh, Frank Lampard doesn't have any pull. He's just getting the signings because of money. When literally every player is like, I was on the fence until I had a conversation with Frank Lampard. Like, look, at we'll, we'll get to Man United in a second, but they've had zero incoming transfers when they've been linked with some big names. We've had all of our incoming transfers when we've been linked with big names. So like, fuck you guys. But it's just, it's so delightful to be the evil empire. Like, <laughs> other teams hate, oh. other teams' fans' hatred nourishes you. <laughs> oh, so much. The salt. Ooh, I like my food extra salty, and this is nom, 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 nom. <laughs> no such thing as too much salt. Yeah. 
So prepare yourselves for me to be absolutely insufferable. The last two seasons have been weird seasons for Chelsea. So you, we've only been doing this podcast in a weird in-between time. We are like elite Chelsea again. And fuck me, I'm going to be so, so insufferable this year because we're so fucking good. And everybody fucking hates us. Let's go, baby. Chuck, th- three seasons was the uh, answer to the question, how long are we going to last? It's going to make it so much better now <laughs> when yeah. they do actually not perform. <laughs> and, and otherwise, it's like, yeah, yeah, no, it doesn't bother me. It's fine. It's done. Now, <laughs> no, no, no. But like, cite this. I will be very angry if we don't have like a trophy-winning season or at least a semi-final. Expectations is a dangerous game. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but yeah, I guess that's enough about Chelsea, right? What was that? About twenty minutes of ranking, yeah. give or take. About after cutting, who knows? <laughs> Nah, don't cut any of that. It's the, that's the good stuff. That's what people are here for. Um, <laughs> let's uh, let's move on to Manchester United. They finished third, fourth unexpected. There was zero difference between their XG and their actual goal scored, and they were only two goals off of their XGA, um, but they did finish five points lower than they would have expected. They were linked with a ton of people who have since decided not to go to Manchester United, including the big one being Jaden Sancho. Is that um, done and dusted? What, not happening? That's what, according to all the papers in Germany and the people at his club, is like, no, he's staying. That's like, done. Okay. So, well, I mean, obviously, who knows? They could just be lying about that. But yeah, yeah. it does seem to be. Um, the only transfer of any note with them was that they finally got Alexis Sanchez off their books, which we can yeah. laugh at them because that's like he has, he doesn't matter. But that is a lot of wages. He was the most wages in the league, right? Second most wages in the league, something like that. It's him and Ozil. Um, so that's a big thing to get off of their books. They could probably, if they don't get anyone in, they can at least give some new contracts to some young, really good players. Mason Greenwood deserves a bigger contract than whatever he's on. He had an amazing run in at the end of the season. Um, but how are you guys feeling about Man United? Is it like fourth place and that's it because there's too much of a jump to the other three? Or do we think that they might be, you know, pushing for higher up than that potentially? It's hard because if you if you compare first to second half of the season form, it's two very different things. Like they did fight on and do very well uh, towards the end and become annoyingly likable. I mean, Marcus Rashford's commitment just to pick up the inadequacies of our fucking government is incredible like that's he's... dr marcus rashford thank you very <laughs> Matt, much apologies um <laughs> yeah. dr marcus and is just feeding kids again left right and center yeah they're doing good things and, and having bruno fernandez come in really seemed to be uh, a player that he needed to kind of keep the team ticking over and allow them that freedom up front uh of Anto- anthony marshall um starting to smash it towards the end of the year mason greenwood um being just so calm and never really looking like he's doing anything more than playing on a training pitch and then just whacking in shots from 20 yards out, uh, being absolutely fantastic yeah. is good. The game happens slower for him, doesn't it? Yeah, definitely, definitely looks it. And, you know, Pogba kind of being able to play in his proper role again because there's less pressure on him because you've got Fernandez there as well. Um, the one kind of that looks like it is done is a guy called Donny van der Beek. Uh, from Ajax, who I don't know a lot about at all, but everyone's saying how incredible a signing it is. Um, and, you know, if he could be the next uh, kind of, it's like the the Frankie de Jong kind of level player um, that can can, can improve uh, Man United. But we'll see, you know, 
you go from being linked for Sancho and saying like, yeah, we can afford it and it's 120 million and then they don't do anything and comparing to Chelsea who are just like, this is the player we want to sign. Ah, we have signed him. How much have we spent? <laughs> like, Chelsea is a... Co- Sorry, we're going to go back now. Chelsea is a... As a <laughs> like, as a collective, yeah, you buy all your targets and then you're like, well, if none of your targets are over 50 million, it's kind of the Man City approach that you're just gradually building, 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 building. And, and stabilising across a whole squad. We spent less on Werner plus Ziyech than Arsenal spent on Pepe. Yeah. So, like, I'm feeling pretty good. <laughs> well, when you, you know? frame it like that, it's impossible not to. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, let's not get sidetracked too much. But um, I think, uh, yeah, if, if United can carry on, like, second half of the season, it, it's going to be incredibly interesting up there. Like, I, I have them in fourth, uh, so drop in, like, one place. But it's it's much of a muchness, really, up there. It's kind of that group of three um I, I still think man city's class kind of permanent you know last year's kind of a blip and they come back from it but the the liverpool chelsea man united you know you, you said before oscar about the stats between liverpool and chelsea like united aren't that far behind yeah sure yeah yeah, yeah. it's four it's a four point gap in expected and, cons- and considering it was a 33 point actual difference like yeah oh yeah, it's yeah, huge. yeah. no don't get me wrong manchester united were infinitely better last season than they have been since Alex Ferguson left. Like, yeah. full stop. But is that also because it was less pressure before, now the same as Frank, does the pressure go up on Oli even more that they need something? Because, you know, no English clubs as well. We didn't really mention this because obviously we were on sabbatical. Um, but no no English clubs reached the finals of any of the European competitions. Um, no Spanish club, no Sevilla, did Sevilla win the Europa League again? Probably. You know, but anyway, no English clubs getting there. Like, that's that's a big failing um, to, to not even be getting close to that when there were a fair few in the Europa League late as well. So, And last year we had all four, or the England had all four, right? The Both of the Champions League and both of the Europa League finalists. All right, Ian, former Manchester United fan of youth, how are you feeling about them? Oh God, you've got a good memory, yeah. Um, yeah, I think... I. I've gotten fourth. I think fourth is almost definitely where they will finish. Um, because I I think uh, while they were very different when Fernandez arrived, they also had a few games towards the end where uh, he and they looked absolutely knackered. And I'm not sure there was a plan B, really. So yeah. um, And I, I do have some numbers to that point when it's my turn. So I'll, okay. I'll, I'll come back to that. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I'm pretty pretty confident of fourth because I think they're a good a good way better than your Arsenal and your Tottenham's but I don't think they're up to your Chelsea's and your Liverpool. That's not really a hot take though. It's not a hot take now. I'm not trying to claim anything <laughs> at all. But I, I just think yeah, I just think it's pretty firm firm fourth place. But yeah, again, it's an interesting I hadn't really thought about the weight of expectation because Bruno has electrified Man United fans. I think they've really got excited about their team for like Oscar says, the first time in a long time. So, yeah, there will be expectation on uh, Solskjaer to provide something. And I can't see necessarily where it's going to come. A cup run, perhaps. Yeah. Um, but I can't see where it's going to come from apart from that. So, yeah. I do think looking back on, like, in terms of where Chelsea were last summer and applying that sort of same logic to Man United this summer, I do think that the fact that they missed out on Sancho... Mm is actually going to help them because while he's incredibly, incredibly talented, 
in terms of what they already have going in those positions, I don't know that he would have been a huge improvement necessarily, but he would have made those fans and those that team be like, oh, if we don't win the title, this is a fucking disaster, right? So like now they kind of have lower expectations, I think, compared to that at least. Yeah. Even if Bruno does have them more sort of amped up than previous years. I'm sort of pleased for Greenwood that the Sancho thing hasn't gone through then. I didn't realise that was practically done and dusted. But um, yeah, if that hasn't gone through, then I'm sort of pleased for Greenwood because he's going to get He's going to get game time this season. He's going to it's going to improve him as a player. Uh, I mean, he was overperforming his numbers massive because he scored Insane. he scored Insane. some yeah he scored some incredible goals. But I still think he's a he's a hell of a talent, and I think that game you know that that game time that he wouldn't have got if Sancho would have arrived. Yeah, absolutely. He would have just been out on loan or something. So let so I guess Bruno Fernandez is kind of the big story with Man United right now. First of all, I agree with you guys that fourth place is almost certainly a lock. I would be incredibly surprised to see them drop to fifth because I think there's a pretty sizable gap, as we've talked about. And I also think there's an equally sizable gap up to, especially now that Chelsea have improved so much, I do think it's an equally sizable gap up to Chelsea. So I think they're pretty much a lock for fourth unless some sort of crazy shit happens or they make huge signings between now and the end of the window. But in terms of Bruno, I think Bruno... Someone tweeted at me a, a graph and was like, yo, what's up with this? XG doesn't seem to be telling the story here. Like, can you explain it? And the thing that they tagged me on was from InfoGoal. And it, it showed their XG per game, XGA per game, um, pre-Bruno and post-Bruno, right? Mm. And their XG per game actually went down post-Bruno from 1.8 to 1.7 per game. Not a huge drop, basically the same, but a little bit of a drop. Yeah. And then equally, they improved by very, very marginally from 1.2 XGA per game to 1.1. So basically, it exactly levels out. Their defense got a little bit better. Their attack actually got a little bit worse. Um, And I think that's a function of how he plays because with him and Pogba, they are able to retain the ball a lot more. Obviously, I don't have these numbers in front of me, but I would imagine their possession went up a lot. And that naturally has a knock-on effect on the defense because if the other team isn't having the ball, they're not going to be able to take shots. Their XGA is going to be lower, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but to me, someone was like, wait, what the fuck? This doesn't make sense. Why? I thought they got a lot b- better after Bruno came in. Like, what's the deal with the numbers not changing? Because every goal was a fucking penalty. <laughs> well, that's also like, true. It was not going to count. You know what I mean? If, they, if, if it's stats models don't put that in expected goals... You know what I mean? You've then got uh, like a 0.7, 0.75 each game because they get a penalty in every game. <laughs> to the point where it became That's a true. running joke where betting websites were saying, just saving this to draft now, Man United have been awarded a penalty. And then 15 minutes into a game, they were just <laughs> tweeting it out. Like, yeah. Because, I mean, that's also a symptom. I'm not saying in any way that is to do with referee bias or VAR inadequacies or whatever, because we're about to strap in for a whole other fucking season of that bullshit. (laughs) Though I do think possibly big teams do get more decisions going for them, but it is also a symptom of having three incredibly attacking fast threats coming into the box, running into the box late, taking on defenders, that's just simply what happens. You had that season with Zaha when he was confident, when he was doing it. Palace had, I think, 12 penalties in a season yeah. that Milivojevic scored 11 of. <laughs> so if you could do 12 from one player, naturally you're going to have like, whether it was 17 if it's three players. And if it works for you, fuck it. Like, doesn't matter how you win. If you win, you're still playing the game. And you know? I, I think those three players are exactly the key because 
um, before Bruno came in, they had underperformed significantly their attacking numbers. Six goals off. And after he came in, they overperformed massively. Six goals above. And I think that the first half of the season, Martial was injured a lot. Rashford was injured a lot. Remember, we talked about them not being able to field both of those guys at the same time. Greenwood was still a pretty raw talent, not quite producing numbers. And I think after Bruno came in and after the sort of lockdown um, among in, kind of in there, the fact that they perfor- overperformed by six makes sense because Rashford and Martial are excellent finishers. And Greenwood went on an all-time hot finishing streak. Yeah, it all came together, like, definitely. Absolutely. Yeah. And it, so I think that sort of cancels out. But like we've talked about with Arsenal in the past, when you have elite strikers, and I guess this might actually apply to Chelsea this year, finally with Werner, you're going to overperform your XG. That's not that uncommon. So if they can keep Rashford and Martial healthy, if Greenwood is the real deal and that wasn't just a flash in the pan in terms of a lucky streak, they could be better, but or at least overperform at least, you know, like a little bit. But I still don't see them at all being able to close the gap. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to the team that finished second but was actually the best team in England last year, and that is Manchester City. Uh, Manchester City was – here's the most fucking impressive stat about them. There was a zero difference yeah. between their actual goals scored and their XG, and that was 102 fucking goals. That is the second most goals ever scored in the Premier League. They only, they're the only team that has more than that at 106. And Chelsea, I believe, are the only other team to break 100. They did 103-ish or 100. I don't remember how many it was in 2010, but fucking crazy. They actually generated 102 in, in terms of transfers in. Nathan Ake is kind of the big one so yep. far, but obviously we'll get to the big story well, in a second. I have seen stuff as well this morning uh, that Koulibaly is like done as well. Oh, shit. Ugh. <laughs> Fuck you guys. <laughs> yeah. That's fantastic. Um, in terms of out, they lost Leroy Sané, who for reasons unknown never quite worked out there, which is weird because he's amazing. Mm. And obviously, David Silva left and they're already building a statue of him. Is that right? Probably. I think literally, I think that's true. Like, I'm not even I hope, I hope when he has a testimonial, it's televised. I'd love to see that. Because he's such a beloved player. Like, everybody's just like, what a nice guy. What a great guy. But, obviously, there's two big stories with City. It's how insanely they were unlucky Mm -hmm. to not have won the title last year. And is Lionel Messi coming with all the madness at Barca that's been going on? Yeah, I love it. I want it. (laughs) Um, Does one of you guys want to explain the Messi situation, or shall I take that? It's fucking messy. Well, why don't we start by predicting, because predictions can only ever go brilliantly for us, I'm sure. Uh, where you think Messi's going to be playing uh, at the end of all this? Um, City. Yeah. Do we all think City? Because I absolutely yeah. do. Yeah. I, I have no, also I'm, seen, I'm 50-50, I'll I've, say. I've also seen Juve go to break the bank to try and get Messi and Ronaldo in the same team <laughs> for a season. And literally, and literally like <laughs> not caring about any financial sanctions, <laughs> anything like that. They're just like, shit afterwards. fuck it, go full corruption. Because it doesn't matter anyway. They'll take so long Who with their investigation. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Just shut the door on UA for and it's, it's not like Juve have a history of corruption anyway. <laughs> Three titles stripped away. <clears throat> yeah. Excuse me. Yeah. Yeah, it's got to be City. I really want him to be in the Premier League. That'd be incredible. I have it at 50-50 because I think that either he goes to City, but I think his original intention was a power play to get the president out. See, right. I thought that at first, but 
The but this is spiraling way out of control. Yeah, I, I genuinely, the first time I heard it, he's putting a transfer request. You think, right? Well, he runs the show at Barcelona, so whenever, so if something like this happens, you think power play straight away. But I'm not so sure now because he's 33. He hasn't won a Champions League since 2015. Mm. That's what he wants to do. He wants to win the Champions League again, and. I think this is going this is going a bit far now, but Barcelona have got such a rebuilding job that he can't afford to wait for them. So yes. he either carries on playing for them and, and just gives up on his, you know, any opportunity of winning the Champions League again, or he moves. And I think he genuinely thought that this clause. So I, let me go to you then, Oscar, because you can explain, I think, a bit better than I can about this uh, contract situation with Messi, because it is complicated. It's weird as well. It is really complicated, and I think a lot of it, um, I studied a bit of, like, legal systems as part of my economics degree, just because it has a huge effect on international trade and on development economics in third world countries and all that. There's two basic structures of legal systems that countries, for the most part, across the world have. There are people that basically were English colonies and have the English system, and there's everyone else who uses the European slash French, depending on what textbook you read, system. In America and in England, it is 100% the letter of the law. What it says on the paper is what will be held up in court, what it is, straight up black and white, right? Literally black and white, what's on the paper. Mm -hmm. And on his contract, it said that at the end of the 2019-2020 season, he had an option, just like Xavi and Iniesta use. They, this is like a thing that Barca does, mm-hmm. to walk away for free, to basically cancel the plus one of his contract, which would have been the 2020-2021 season. And it's just a free agent, free to negotiate with any other team. Then Barca can't say shit about it, right? And that's, again, that's how Xavi and Iniesta left. Yeah. So, like, it is a thing that they do. Um, but on the piece of paper, it says June 30. And the problem is that the season wasn't over at June 30. So Messi, Messi's saying that what the contract meant, even though it's not what mm-hmm. it said, was that it was the end of the season. And he's, let, and he's let them know in enough time that he no longer wishes to be a Barcelona player. And so he considers himself a free agent now. Correct. And in term, and like, again, English and American are like, well, it says June 30, so he's yeah. fucked. Like, clearly there's no case That's there. That's why it seems so alien to me. <laughs> but in European yeah. law, it's much, much more complicated because it's not about, like, legal precedents and black and white. It's more about the spirit of the law. So there is a decent chance that a court would look at it and rule in Messi's side. It's unknown. Obviously, I can't say for sure one way or another. No one knows. But mm. there's a pretty good chance that if it goes to court, he would get off. And now Barcelona continued to pay his wages in the meantime, because if they're arguing he's still their player, they have to continue to pay his wages. But the the other thing is as well, so La Liga have come out in support of Barcelona, but something I read, which I don't know if you know any better than me, but some, something that I read was that, that La Liga coming out in support of Barcelona only matters if he was to uh, want to transfer to a La Liga team, which isn't going to happen. Which isn't going to happen. Which so if he wants to go to a Man City, it's it's a it's a FIFA thing, and that they would allow the transfer and let the court thing happen later and like sort sort it out later, basically. Which is yeah, you know, bizarre. The last but. thing anyone wants is for Messi. Obviously, doesn't want to miss out on a year when he doesn't have that many years left in his career. Yeah, 
And likewise, Barcelona don't want to pay him $50 million because he's on a million a week. Oh, crazy money. I mean... To potentially lose him... Yeah. ...if it goes to court. Yeah. Like, think about how they... Like, imagine they spent $50 million plus their lawyers and court fees and whatever, 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 and then he fucking walks away anyway. Like, Barca are insane. So, it's obviously... But it seems like they're sticking to their guns and are demanding at least some sort of transfer fee for him. But no, but very little meetings have happened yet. I mean, the last I read, and we're recording on uh, Tuesday afternoon, but the last I saw, uh, Messi's uh, dad, who runs a lot of his affairs, was going to Barcelona today. Um, so they haven't even really met yet. You know, Messi's just <laughs> faxed them famously and said, uh, oh yeah, I'm done at the end of this season. Thanks very much. <laughs> and uh, they've sort of said, no, no, you're not. But he's not turned up for his coronavirus test. He's not turned up for training, obviously. So he considers himself a free agent. They've not even chatted yet. This could still potentially be dealt with amicably. And, oh yeah, absolutely. You potentially. Know, and if it is... The only club I really see it happening for is Man City. And I, I think he's genuine in, in that he wants to go. I think Barcelona probably will blink first eventually and want to get something for him. Uh, it's, it's, got, it's not going to be a huge transfer fee, but they'll get something for him and his wages will go down at Man City. He'll just be hired as a consultant. He'll just be hired as a consultant at Man City. And that's how then... <laughs> Etihad will pay for uh, his wages. So Man City will actually only pay him 50 grand a week. (laughs) Actually, Um, famously in like 2014, I think he was getting shopped around potentially at the window. And the kit makers, literally Puma and Adidas both offered to Chelsea were one of the teams. That's why I know this. Pay for half of his transfer fee to help Chelsea be able to secure the deal. He ended up not wanting to leave Barcelona, obviously. But, like, this is how much sponsors, you joke, but, like, genuinely yeah, sponsors yeah, yeah. are like, we, we want him. Because having Messi as a Adidas yeah. player, as yeah. opposed to a Nike player, is worth so much fucking money to them. So I do think that, that like, potentially yeah. could yeah, definitely, play in. definitely. Especially because of the way those sponsorship deals, but like, people always go on about, oh, yeah, he brings in money from shirt revenue. And it's like, no, the clubs don't get that money. The clubs get the... 50 or to 100 million that whoever Nike added as the overall Puma deal. spent to them, yeah. they pay that, but then all of the shirt money just comes to that company. Yeah. So, yeah, that makes perfect sense to me. I think there's two teams that could afford him. I think City can afford him, and I think he has obviously a very, very good relationship with Pep, so that's a huge draw. And Pep is also in Barcelona at the minute. I think the other team that his team, that his agent, his, you know, his people should be considering and probably are considering is PSG. Because if his goal is to win a Champions League, and I do agree that that is probably his goal, you could argue that PSG is the better way to do that. They have Neymar, they have Mbappe, they made the final. They're really, really, really close to being able to do that. And imagine that front three, like, he's, I think, equally likely to win at PSG than City. So it really might. Uh, it might come down to, like, does he want to play with Neymar again? I think he did. Because Neymar like... didn't really want to play well, with him. Yeah, I know Neymar, but I think Messi quite likes Neymar. Like, yes, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, I think um, that's, yeah, well, that's, it's, what, it's, that's a tick in the PSG column, I think, yeah. Hmm, but, yeah, it's also PSG. Right. <laughs> I guess to, to let's bring it back, though, to the <laughs> Premier League, right? Because that's, that's mostly what we care about as a podcast. Let's assume that he goes to City and just kind of go from there in terms of the hypotheticals. Does he, obviously he makes them better, but, yes. <laughs> like, does that matter, question mark? 
They generated 102 goals of X fucking G. X G. They, they don't give a shit. It's Champions League, man. Yes, exactly. Mm. That's the thing. They, they, mm. they are getting players to improve and win the Champions League. I think they also, I mean, they could do with improving their defence, obviously. They've never... Well, Ake replaced. and Koulibaly will help with that. Ake, Nathan Ake, I don't know. I, I'm mad Chelsea didn't go after him. I think he's really, really good. And Chelsea had an option. Chelsea had an option. Know, there was a deadline that they could have bought him for 30 million last year. I know. And now Man City bought him for 41, mm, I think. 41. I'm, so, I'm so mad about it, but whatever. Like, it is what it is. Okay, maybe I'm being sullied by the Bournemouth. <laughs> in fact, he's come from Bournemouth. But uh, yeah, okay. If you guys are saying that he improves the defence and then they get messy, then you're looking... Yeah, I think Man City are obviously targeting the Champions League. I I think they, as you say, the numbers show they should have won the league. I think they will win the league this year. Um, but they've, they've, yeah, they've got to sort out their defence. But I mean, Messi, an amazing sort of improvement for them to have that sort of depth and potentially have a run at the Champions League. Yeah. I don't even know where you fit him. You talk about Lampard having a selection. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, he's messy. Who fucking cares? Who cares? Why are you this? Put him there. Give them the ball. Do it. You know what? What are you going to do, Lionel? Whatever the fuck you want. One guy's going to be here. Another guy's going to be here. If you want to pass to it, pass to him. Pass to him. If not, fucking score. Brilliant. No worries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Who cares? Kevin De Bruyne next to him. Pew. Pew, 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 pew. I think you guys are right. It's Don't question any of this. Anyone who says, oh, right, he wouldn't work in the system. Fuck you. <laughs> fuck it's you. A, it's a genuine... No, it's question, not. Question, at least. No, it's He's not. the greatest player of all time, but like he doesn't exist by himself. Yeah, it's a genuine question, but it doesn't mean it's not fucking stupid <laughs> just to say like, oh, would the best player in the world ever, like, would he work in a in this league or in this team? <laughs> I'm not saying can he do it on a cold, wet night in Stoke. I'm saying <laughs> the sacrifices that City have to make tactically to bring Lionel Messi in. What sacrifices it, they will be make. better, but is it like significantly better? But whatever. That's a that's a you're right. That's a pretty stupid question. So whatever. Yeah. I think I think I'm with you guys. I think I'm at the same place where I was last summer, honestly. They don't fucking care about the league. They want to win the Champions League. So do we have them winning the league? I do, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So that that, you know. And then finally we come to the last team that we are previewing and that is the team that actually won the league last year. Congratulations. This is the only time you will hear me be sincere about this ever, but Congratulations to Liverpool. 30 years is a long time to wait. Very, very... I'm not happy for you guys, but, like, good for you. <laughs> Fine. Um, let's talk about their numbers. They finished in first, second unexpected, plus 10 goals on XG, so they were 10 goals better, and plus 7 unexpected goals uh, allowed, so they overperformed both places. That all kind of combines for them to finish 25 points above expectation, which is fucking insane. Um, they have not signed anyone, and they have lost Lalana and Lavrin, so not huge losses for them particularly. So basically they're running the same team out, mm. but a year older. Do we still think that that will be enough to win or compete for the league, or do we think that they're going to sort of fall back to closer to their numbers and be closer to Chelsea? And do we think that even matters if they fall back to their numbers? Because I kind of have a take on that, but I'll let you guys go first. We've said many times, regardless of what the team is, is the way that Liverpool have um, built that team, got the manager in, supported him for multiple windows to build up, to build up, to hit and win the league. Well, sorry, win the Champions League and then win the Premier League is a fantastic achievement. It just shows what happens when you actually put the backing into 
certain managers and and build with an idea. You know, they have the elite level stats behind them and all these kind of things. Mm-hmm. The concern would be then in terms of the stats, and that's what they're building towards, that last year that was the peak. So it was the combination of the peak of all these players plus the perfect storm of Man City underperforming, X, Y, Z, other teams being starting to rebuild. And that's therefore a massive contributing factor in what they did last year. So it's whether if they then don't improve or change anything or think that's fine going forward. I don't know. I think it's there's a drop off. I think last year was the peak, but they, you know, at least they got to win something at their peak. It's not like Tottenham mm-hmm. that had it for a few years and built and you could see and everyone did. And all of a sudden Tottenham became into the conversation of actually it is now a big six or a top six. It never was before. Right. And they built towards it, but then Tottenham didn't. And they tried to just keep kind of with the same thing and, and steadily dropped off. And it's whether Liverpool do the same thing when everyone else around them is just going, right, money, players, new blood, here's what we're doing. Yeah. I think there's a fair chance of a hangover. I think if there had been a proper break, a tournament, a Euros tournament and a proper pre-season, I think that Klopp might have had them ready to go. I think that obviously... Where would Liverpool strengthen in the transfer window? Um, possibly replace Fem- midfield, central midfield. They just yeah. they just mostly uh, bypass that area. That's part of why Trent and Robertson have to do so much of the creative lift mm. is because they don't have it in central midfield. So they built a system around that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's a, that's a, an area they could improve definitely. I think uh, Salah, Mane, and uh, Firmino. Always seem to work very well, but there's a, they could do Firmino. I mean, obviously, we had a bit of uh, piss taking of me uh, suggesting him as a one week punt in FPL, but yeah, um, I, do, I, I do feel like he lacks a bit of killer instinct sometimes. Mm. And if they could get a striker who can just be an out and out striker and finish well consistently, that that would be an improvement to get anywhere near the numbers of goals that Man City get to. Um, but yeah, I, f- I feel like there's a there's a fair chance of a hangover because of how sort of uninspiring they were once they'd won the league, which is fair enough. They'd won it at Canter, so you can you can take your foot off the gas. Uh, they didn't look good against Arsenal in the Community Shield. I know it's a jumped up friendly, but you know they could have they could have played a lot better. Salah didn't really look at the races. Um, yeah, I don't know. I feel like a proper preseason and a and a couple of signings might have been enough to really kick on and try and give you that legacy that uh, Graham Sooners thinks they're up for. Um, but I feel like it's just going to flip back to Man City. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't disagree. I think another sort of building off of what you were just saying, in another sort of tick in that column is the fact that Mane, Firmino and Salah are all 28 years old. Okay, yeah. And that is the absolute tail end of people's statistical speak peaks. Especially for speedy ving- wingers. Vingers. I almost just said Arsene Wenger. <laughs> speedy wingers. God, imagine a speedy finger. Yep. Especially for speedy wingers. Their peak is around 26. Gliding across the pitch. <laughs> so I, I, I worry that at least one of those three guys will have a big drop off statistically because that is, you know, that's not unlikely given their age. And I do think the hangover thing is a real issue. And I do think that City are just straight up a better team and already were last year. And, and like, 
And I said, I think Chelsea are going to finish above them um, because of all that. But I think the the flip side or the devil's advocate, I'm of two minds here, is in preparation for this, I went back and listened to our preview pods from two seasons ago and last season. And something really struck me from two seasons ago that I said, which Chuck fucking demolished me for, and rightly so, because I wasn't able to phrase it in a way that made it sound intelligent. <laughs> but that was, do you remember two, two years ago, I said Liverpool were going to win the title. <laughs> and you guys were all like, you're fucking crazy. It's obviously City, blah, blah, blah. And they were like a point away, right? Like that that insane year, right? And my my justification was always that Liverpool don't need to be the best team to win the title if City go and run the scores up 5-1 in all their wins, whereas Liverpool win 1-0, obviously City are going to look like the better team. But at the end of the day, they both took three points. Yeah. Right? So, yes, undoubtedly City are a better team. Yes, undoubtedly City's underlying numbers are much better. But if Liverpool are still better than everyone except City, they can pretty much get as many wins. It only takes a few points here and there to, like... You know, obviously a 25-point overperformance is wildly out of the question. <laughs> but, like, it's not unfeasible. They almost did it two years ago to win the league as long as you're better than basically everyone else. So, like, talking about their underlying numbers and their XG and all that, like, can be a tricky issue as much as I always do it. Because, like, at the end of the day, it's predictive. But the thing that matters is the three points. So if you win 5-1 or 1-0, it's still three points. So I do see that that's sort of the flip side for Liverpool in terms of potentially being able to defend their title or make a title run against City. I think that the three teams at the top, I'm throwing Chelsea in there now, any of them could win the league if there's a bit of luck, but City are the best one there, right? So like, that's kind of the flip side of the numbers. And I'm curious, I think this year I'm going to, just for fun, look at the XG, see what the results would have been if XG was the case, and then do a running table that way in terms of like, oh, Liverpool won XG, so they should get three points. And see if not expected points in the way that people do it now, because that's heavily reliant on expected goal difference. But mm-hmm. like expected points in terms of like if all the matches went match according to match. expectation. Right, okay. Right. Which is not good stats. <laughs> Don't by any means no one think that this is a good stats thing to do. It's just something I'm curious about for fun. Mm. And kind of see where we end up. So I think that's the case for Liverpool if I'm playing devil's advocate. But I think you. I think at the end of the day, my gut tells me that they're going to be worse than they were last year because they're one year older. They're just running it back, and I think that they'll finish third because I think Chelsea made enough of a jump to be there. Do you guys both have them at second though? Uh yes. Yeah. Okay. But two things. One, all I've really took from what you just said is that it took two years and an incredible amount of luck for you to not sound stupid. <laughs> Um, okay. <laughs> Feeling good. That, yep. And two, do you think that the signings from last season, like Nabi Keita or uh, Minamino, do you think they come to the fore more and become part of the squad, or are they simply your Lalanas or your Oxlade Chamberlains that? They're going to be rotated in and make an impact, but they're not going to be stars of the show. I think Nabi Keita has the potential to um, be a game changer for them, especially in central midfield. He wasn't able to stay healthy Mm. for a lot of last season, which would have 
which he is he is that level. I don't think Minamino really is. He always looked a bit lost when he played Minamino. I've, I saw him play a couple of times for Salzburg because he was there with Haaland. And obviously that was like the last season that was incredible. But when he played for Liverpool, it looked like he knew in his head what he needed to do. But he was just overexcited and overexuberant with everything. Yeah. And just then getting himself lost and carried away. He did seem out of his depth, I think. Kate, I think Keita yeah. could be a game changer. I don't really think Minamino, like you said, is is with it. But I also, I was trying to Google it just now and I couldn't find anything. I heard that Keita is on his way out potentially for off-the-pitch things. Oh, okay. Yeah, which I, which I won't go into because, frankly, I don't remember off the top of my head what they were. But it was like, I remember being like, oh, oh, that's bad. Did his, did his manager call him a championship midfielder? Or? <laughs> no, it's something like, well, whatever. I won't, I won't actually get into it. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's bad things. It's You're bad worried things. about libel. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah, if we're worried... <laughs> Uh, you guys can Google it if you want, but it, it, it's bad things. I don't want to like okay. misrepresent the situation or whatever, because again, I don't really remember off the top of my head <laughs> all the details of it. But I had heard he might be on the way out. Um, it doesn't look like I could find anything when I was Googling it. Maybe I just made that up the same way that Ian made his thing up yeah. a few weeks back. Why not? I... I don't know. I don't see it. I don't see it. I think especially the, the fact that Salah, Mane, and Firmino are all 28, mm. you would probably worry that one of them could drop off in terms of their stats and production but that's it that's it for our preview which means that it is time for someone else to take over so i think we should just run through a couple of things that we're going to be doing uh for the season and uh one of them is i mean some of us play it seriously some of us just fuck about and get lucky but um we <laughs> you know we'll... in your head <laughs> in your head but Stimson, Stimson. <laughs> but we do play FPL um, a little bit, and some of us play, some of us win. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I know you are right, it, mate. Um, so, Oscar, you're checking out of FPL this year, personally, aren't you? Yes, thank fucking god. I'm so glad I did it. The season I talked about <laughs> it all last year. I'm sticking to my guns. The season plus was my last hurrah, and I'm out. But in lieu of that, in lieu of that, never know how to pronounce that word. Um, the Patreons did ask for me to continue doing my... Some of the Patreons did ask for me to continue doing my stats work. One of the Patreons. <laughs> A Patreon. Someone somewhere was like, hey, can you do stats stuff? Um, so we are introducing a new level of the Patreon for people that want that. I will be continuing to update the uh, my patented fixture rater, which is entirely based off of XG, and I've never seen anyone else that does a similar thing, um, as well as the PQI, or the fantasy underlying numbers based off of a formula I made with takes into account cost and points, et cetera, et cetera. I'm going to be running the community team, sort of. It's still going to be a community team. I'm going to be the one that puts up the suggestions on the poll for captain and for transfers. But everything I do will be 100% based off of the stats. So uh, will there be any community aspect at all? You're going to suggest things based on stats. Yes. And... So I'm going to run the, the model, basically, and then see what it, yeah. what it says the best options are for a random week and slash over the course of the next five weeks, and then present those options to the people. And then whatever they choose, it'll still be a community aspect, so there's still going to be a lot of back and forth. But it's it's the stats robot team. It's FC stats robots. Like, <laughs> okay. this is what we're doing. And we'll see how it does. Okay. It'll be a nice little experiment. Just pure underlying numbers, models, XG-based stuff. Yeah, be interesting to see how that does based on the sort of pure nonsense we did last year when yeah. the team did uh, all pure, right. Hey, uh, uh, pure nonsense, right? Okay, so uh, 
let's uh, yeah, steady on now. Um, <laughs> I do, I do want to know if it means so if when I beat the stats robots team this year, <laughs> mm. does it mean I also beat FPL Twitter and all computers? Yes, <laughs> is that, that is correct. Yeah, is that what I, I said? Oh my god, I, I would beat technology. Yeah. Cool. We'll see. I don't know that it's well, going to go well, but... but hubris. <laughs> if you beat the stats and eye test and FPL Twitter, you will become more powerful than we ever imagined. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. More terrible. So the other, and the other thing we're going to do is because I'm continue to be furious about losing to Chuck. Why didn't we do a podcast when I beat you every fucking year? That's, you know, the last two... Bide your time, lad. Bide your time. Um, but yeah, peak, peaking <laughs> at the right time. So I'm... Obviously furious about losing two years in a row to Chuck. Uh, so we're going to do... Every time a... you say it, it just gets better. I, we're going to keep talking over so you have pain... to keep taking it again. God. You keep having to take that again. It... That's the fourth time he's attempted it. It's not. Cut him off it every time. It hurt. <laughs> it always hurts. It's That's why I have to have a run-up. Yeah. <sighs> but we're going to do a head-to-head league as well. So a game week by game week. Uh, Chuck versus Ian. Okay. Head tech league. So we'll do the usual. Basically, Ian's trying something different. Anyway, I hope can win. that will work. <laughs> any, yeah. anyway, I can win. I need it. Um, when you say head to head league, do you mean like you guys will be playing each other and then three points on the table for the winner every yeah, week? I mean, a, yeah, like... I mean, a head to head league in the Fantasy Premier League uh, thing of it. So, yes, each game week it will be Chuck versus Ian for three points. And yeah. And I'm assuming the tiebreaker is overall points there? Yeah, but we, we can. Uh, look, if I lose again and then we draw on the head to head. You've won the moral victory, haven't you? So, wow, this is it. Really? Um, why am I talking about you winning again? It's, oh, I'm furious about the whole debacle. <laughs> I don't know, but you're just setting up another competition. I'm like, yeah, I, I don't know why I'm doing yeah, that. Sure. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, so there's going to be a, a Chuck versus Ian game week by game week thing. Oscar's going to have a stats led, um, stats led stroke community team that obviously Chuck will try and beat again. And, um, have you just given yeah. up that fight already? What like beating the the? You're like Chuck yeah. might beat him, but I, I I'm staying out of the way. I can't be as I have to concede. There's you know there's been two two years where I've been beaten. I can't be too overconfident, can I? I thought I was. I thought my consistency would take me through, but it hasn't. So I've uh, at some point I've got to be a little bit humble. But I fucking furious fell off. <laughs> Chuck, I think we broke him, dude. Or I think yeah, you yeah, broke yeah, him. I think I'm a broken man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a he's, man. he's trying to take my satisfaction out of picking on him away. No, no, no um, you... what he what he doesn't what he doesn't realise is I will flog a dead horse. <laughs> <laughs> I will, I will just, just expect it to come back when Palace get relegated in the other direction. And I'm just uh... going to give both of you shit because I have no. <laughs> He does. Totally checked out. Yeah, yeah, this is true. I mean, we'll also have the Patreon League like we did last year. Yeah. Um, I won that as well. And uh, <laughs> so that will be friendship for patrons. Did we want to talk about any fantasy football tips like while we're here, while we're in this area? Who we're... Any any players we're really looking at or any players to avoid? I could tell you now, all these fucking idiots on the internet putting Patrick Bamford in your teams. Yeah. You twats. Agreed. Keep, keep doing it. Awful. Keep going. Why not? Awful. Um, my usual advice applies, which is that Chelsea players are undervalued. Usual meaning this was the case last year and it's still the case this year. Not their defenders, though. Their defenders no, are yeah, overvalued. Yeah. They are overvalued. 100%. But look for some Chelsea players. There's a lot of value there. But um, as as Oscar um, pertained to, we are going to be rejigging our Patreon levels to try and add a bit of value. So uh, check in on patreon.com slash pod very soon because we'll be um, rejigging those levels and trying to add some content 
to all of our drab little lives? Am I just projecting there? From um, yeah. I don't know. It's the Midlands. If but... they're listening to us still, they've got a drab little life. Yes. Oh, well, well there it is. First dig. Brilliant. Uh, season three. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, well, and also we briefly mentioned it, but we should also properly cover the Predictor League. As you say, Chuck, message us, Miles Outside Pod on Twitter or Miles Outside on Facebook. Message one of us, whatever, with the... 1 to 20 places where you think teams are yeah. going to finish. Literally, how you think... I get I get asked questions on this every year. I sing a song about it almost every week. <laughs> and it's 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 baffling how you guys don't understand how that works based on my consistent and informative songs. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Have you not heard the songs? <laughs> just where you think the whole league will finish. I mean, at yeah. the minute, I, I, I'm happy to talk through mine just to give you an example. Um, so here's my league from top to bottom. I've got Man City winning the league. I've then got Liverpool, Chelsea in third, Man United in fourth. I've got Wolves fifth, Arsenal sixth, Ooh. Leicester seventh, Tottenham eighth, Everton ninth, Southampton tenth. Then I've got Palace in 11th, mid-table. It, it, you know, ninth to th- 16th is basically the same position in this league. Let's face it. Okay. I've got Sheffield United at 12th. Mm-hmm. I've got Leeds at 13th. West Ham 14th, Brighton 15th, Burnley 16th, although they could go down, Newcastle in 17th because somehow they will avoid getting relegated, (laughs) then Aston Villa, then Fulham, and then West Brom. Wow, okay. I have a feeling that Palace might sort of decide a lot of Predictor League places Yes, I was just thinking that. Yeah. Okay. So, and and the how the predictor league works is if you get a team dead on, you get no points. So uh, the lack of points is good. The further away you get a team from their place is an extra point. Uh, mm. Points are bad. You don't want points. And the winner uh, will get fifty pounds fifty. Uh, 51 50 club shop voucher 50 pound 50 pence if we put it in the middle now is that what you're saying <laughs> I just don't want to do 51 pounds anyway yeah. a 50 pound uh, club shop voucher for a team of your choice so there's there's and it's free to enter so why wouldn't you do that yeah absolutely free and uh, so yeah just send us a DM anyone a DM yeah um, and the tiebreaker is uh, who gets their team in first yeah if you get your team in first you get the wins because otherwise some people wait until afterwards I think I'm probably going to close it again first game of the season. Yeah. So you got a week. Get your predictions in. <laughs> and um, if if you've listened this far, um, God forbid. I mean, well done. I'm glad to have you back. Thanks yeah. for listening. Um, I will give you my one FPL tip. And that is that the deadline this year is 90 minutes before the first kickoff. Good shout. It's not 60 minutes. Oh, yeah. That's good to know, actually. That's an attempt to stop the early team news from spoiling it for everyone. So, yeah, all that's left to do is thank the uh, real producer, Nate Whittam. He's a producer-level Patreon. He will get to nominate uh, an episode topic of his choice somewhere down the line this uh, this season. And that's all that's left to do, I think, really. Chuck, do you want to take us out in your usual in inimitable style? Yeah, what we're doing, fixtures? I'll do fixtures. Start the season, as we do, naturally... Liverpool won the league, start off a dedicated one, Fulham at home to Arsenal. Why Fulham against Arsenal? Like, why does that need... <sighs> okay, uh, Palace, Southampton, West Ham, Newcastle, then Liverpool, Leeds, dirty Leeds, back mm. in uh, where they belong. Could oh, be a shut up. Yeah, yeah, probably. Um, then on Sunday the 13th, we have uh, West Brom, Leicester. Um, Spurs versus Everton and then Monday 14th of September Brighton versus Chelsea and Sheffield United versus Wolves 
So actually, apart from, you know, I joke about the Fulham Arsenal, there's some quite good even fixtures to kick us off, I think. Yeah, they they never seem to sort of pick top six teams against each other for like opening. That's purely anecdotal. I've got no evidence to back that up. But I just there never seems to be like a huge top top of the table fixture on first. But yeah, some, yeah, some all right fixtures there. Obviously, there's only eight games because there's Man City, Man United, Burnley and Villa don't play. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Because they needed, oh, bless, bless them. They needed a little bit more rest, didn't they? How dare they? <laughs> Unbelievable. How dare they require basic human information? Yeah. Just Needs. pop off to Mykonos, slap a copper. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, how did we not mention that? Oh, <laughs> I'll have to throw that in right at the end there. Yeah, sorry. Can we mention that? <laughs> Is it legally we legal? can? Convicted? Should we? Criminal? Convicted? Oh yeah, awkward. <laughs> but that's fine because he's white. Um, don't God forbid he bought his mum a house or anything. Um, how is this? How is he part of the? I mean, Oscar's gone for a wee at this point. It's brilliant. Oscar's not even here for this. I'm back. I'm back. He's staying in. Oh, you're back. I'm back. Yeah. Yeah. I drank forty ounces of water over the last hour and a bit in my giant bottle. Jesus. I mean, yeah, like Harry Maguire being part of the central plot of Taken. Central plot of Taken Four. Oh, like, I forgot about that. Yeah, we just suddenly like, realised. We've just mentioned Man United and their defence. Like Aaron Wambasaka fucked off to Dubai, even though they told him not to go. Harry Maguire went to Greece, I think Greece, yeah. and then got gets arrested and has now been dropped as like Man United captain and from the England team. Like, uh oh, have Man United actually uh, dropped him as captain? Well, he's in a Greek right. jail somewhere, so... No, no, he's not, he's not, he's not. Man. It was a suspended sentence. And also, he, they immediately lodged an appeal and the Greek authority said, oh, that means he's now innocent again. So, it, and that's going to take ages, apparently. <laughs> so, I, I got no idea what's happening. And there was an interview with him where he, he came across very well and everyone's saying, he's, oh, no, that, that's not Harry, that's not Harry. Basically, Twitter seems split upon whether you're a Man United fan or not, whether he's guilty or not, but which is brilliant because all of Twitter was there and witnessed it, which is really good. I'm sure the fact that he's white has nothing to do with... Oh, no, we mentioned that. Yeah, we yeah, wonder out. We oh, okay, good. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, good. Glad we're all on the same page. Yeah, I said it was, a, it was a good job that he wasn't black and bought his mum a house or anything <laughs> because then, like, God forbid. Yeah, very uh, good. Uh, good times. He's out there. Good times in Mykonos. He's out there. Punching people. Marcus Rashford's feeding kids. <laughs> <laughs> Doctor Rashford's feeding yeah. kids. Anyway. I can't. I can't talk too much shit about Man United's players' travel adventures because four of our players went on vacation together and are now all potentially one of the four people that have coronavirus at COVID FC, aka Chelsea FC. So, but I do like that Pulisic is friends enough with Mount and Tammy to be going on vacation together. That's nice. Yeah, that's not bad. Lads on tour. I mean, it's bad that they got coronavirus, maybe, <laughs> but like. You know, friendship is nice, I guess. I've heard. Friendship is nice. The the, the tagline of this podcast. Did we uh yeah. did we mention the blank game week for yeah. FPL? Yeah. For- yeah, yeah, we mentioned a game week. You weren't here for any of that. Yeah, yeah. yeah I was All stated. Um yeah. <laughs> there you go. In my inimitable style, there's the outro to the podcast. <laughs> thank you very much for listening. Welcome to season three, year of the Chuck. Um, no. Thank you very much for listening, and uh, thanks, Oscar, for being back. Evil Empire back, baby. It's Timson. Say bye. Zebra for promotion as well. Yeah. Thank you very much. Take care. Bye bye.